Ohio High School Football. It's a juggernaut each and every week. I'm going to take you on an inside look at the high school coaching world. In the world of high school coaching, there is far more than what people see after 7 p.m. on a Friday night. This is The Coach's Approach. Welcome to The Coach's Approach. A podcast where we sit down with high school coaches and get the cold, hard facts about the high school coaching world. This is The Coach's Approach, where we talk X's and O's. Follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And subscribe to our YouTube channel. This is The Coach's Approach, where we talk the X's and O's. Win the day or dominate the day. The choice is yours. Hello to all of our listeners and viewers, and welcome to the Coach's Approach Podcast. I'm your host, George Gresko. We have a great show ahead of us today, so let's go ahead and get started. Uh, today in the Coach's Booth, we have Coach Buzz Edwards. Coach Edwards is the head football coach at Asheville Lakeside High School. Coach Edwards, welcome. What's up, man? Good to see you again. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm fired up. I got my coffee in me, and I'm all I'll jacked send, up, send man. You, send me a text, and you were stopping to get coffee yeah. before you got here. So yeah, so watch out. I might get a little long-winded. Hey, that's all right. <laughs> that's good. I'm excited, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. Uh, first, first thing I want to ask is, how did you get the nickname Buzz? Uh, yeah. first question. Well, you know, uh, my dad was William Bill and his dad was William Bill and my mom's brother was William Bill and his first son, a bunch of William my Bills. cousin, <laughs> uh, my cousin Bill was William Bill. So um, when we all got together, he said, Bill, it was, you know, <laughs> 15 people come running. So, so you sound like my dad saying Brett, Nick, George, yeah, Jason, Carol, yeah. he'll, he'll say the dog's name sometimes. Yeah. So my, uh, my dad had, my dad was a welding foreman at the Caterpillar plant right here in Mentor. Okay. And uh, his best friend uh, was named Buzz and he had passed away in a motorcycle accident. And uh, my mom was like, let's just call him Buzz. And my dad was like, really? And she was like, yeah. So <laughs> it's my mom. Thanks mom. Right. It's right. Like she, it was her idea. And it's been like that ever since. I remember, um, you know, people are like, well, what's your real name? I'm like, well, it's still William, but, right. um, you know, for banks and, and all my important stuff, but no one calls me William. Right. You know, I'll say, Buzz, I didn't yeah. even know your name until I started looking yeah. you up. And I'm like, I've always known you as Buzz Edwards. That's just the way it's been. Yep. Yep. I remember when I was at uh, Immaculate Conception for uh, kindergarten, the nuns would make me put William buzz edwards on my paper and i had to put quotations around it so until my mom my mom went in and had to sit down with the with sister whatever her name was so. <laughs> and i also i also want to mention uh coach edwards is an east lake north alum he graduated from north in 1999 it's always great to interview great. a fellow ranger rangers man always um we're gonna play a little trivia real quick all right yeah. this is this is all stuff i didn't send you previously okay so this is kind of fun stuff for me um in the year 2020 there were six head football coaches that graduated from Eastlake North, four in football, two in basketball. Can, okay. you, can you name them? I'll give you a hint. I was one at Cardinal. Yeah. You were at Lakeside. So, so that, there's two more football coaches and two more basketball coaches. So Coach Dodd. So you got Dodd. Right? Dodd is over at North. Basketball coaches. So there's one more football now and then two more basketball. One more football. Can you give me a, a – No hints. Can you give me a conference? Um, the WRC is one of the basketball ones. Okay. Which doesn't. That doesn't help me at should, all. Should because this guy's got to be close to your graduating time. I really? Think, I believe. 
I can't. He might I, be a little younger than you. I don't know. I don't know. I'm stumped, man. I, I'm trying to think back of who who got into coaching from then, but I couldn't. Dodd is be the only Dodd, one. And Dodd's, I watched his show a couple, week, couple days ago, a couple weeks ago. I watched you, you interview Dodd. So, so Bob Mahalik at Aurora. Yeah, that's right. Aurora, yeah, that's Aurora right. Uh huh. And then the two basketball is Matt Vespa. Mm-hmm. He's now the head, head coach at North. Okay. And then Anton Vrabic actually graduated at me. He was Fairport. Over at Fort Fairport. Fairport. Yeah. Yeah. So. I, I tried to hire Anton uh, for a couple of years out at Lakeside. It just didn't work out. So yeah. I'm glad he's, he's doing well at Fairport. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. That's well, right. He's played receiver for you, right? Yeah. He was a receiver. Yeah. And he was an all state punter, actually. He actually played at uh, uh, Notre Dame, Notre right? Dame mm-hmm. College. And, yeah. Man, he's a good dude. Yeah. Those are all good guys, except for me and you, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. North, you go Rangers, right? Yeah. So I thought that was a pretty cool stat. There were six head coaches at the high school level at that time, all yeah. North grads. Yeah. Which I, I don't think there's any other coaches, like graduates from other schools like that. That's pretty, no, that's no, pretty yeah, crazy to hear, yeah. especially all in our area. Too. Right. That's cool. Um, you're also a Mount Union alum. Uh, as a player at Mount Union, you won two national championships uh, right. for the Purple Raiders. You won one in 2000 and then 2001. Uh, back-to-back natties. Yeah. Back-to-back. Like, that's incredible. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that experience? Yeah, the the, the decision to go to Mount Union um, after playing at North and, and having an opportunity to play college football, you know, I – I went to John Carroll and Marietta and, and, and did the OAC tour. And I went to Ashland on a visit and um, we had a Damian Stolowski Stosh played and he was, he went to Kent state and it was getting recruited play linebacker division one. So I kind of rode his coattails a little bit, but ended up going to Mount Union and loved it. Um, you know, I wasn't a, a huge part of uh, winning national championships for the varsity, but, you know, being a part of those teams, um, you know, your playing career doesn't always work out the way you draw it up, kind of as much like a football play. But uh, the experience there, um, you know, guy like Nick Sirianni, you know, he was on that team. He's head sure. coach of the Philadelphia Eagles yeah. and Matt Campbell and Tommy Manning and Matt Capone and, and Adam Endorf and Justin Todd. And and there you want to talk about, you know, to the, the amount of head coaches at the at the 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 from North in the area, you know, just the amount of head coaches that I played with at Mount Union and, and, you know, uh, Jason McElhaney, uh, um, um, there's a, there's, he's in, at Sharon and right. PA. Yeah, there's, there's a million about, of them. That's about the relationships you built yeah. at that time too. And I'm yeah. sure you still talk to all these guys. A- Alex Grinch is, is defense coordinator. Just took over at USC. He was at Ohio state two years ago. He was on that team and just, you know, the culture, like, you know, the experience of winning a national championship, like, you know, we didn't really talk about they We talked about it, but it wasn't, it was always about being your best and having, being great at practice and competing with each other. And, and, and that, like, it was almost expected, you know, you went to Mount Union and, and you were going to win and you're going to do things That's the right still way. still kind of how it is there today with the, yeah. the coaching changes. You go back to Karis brothers and it's still they're, they expect to win there. And yeah. That's, and that's cool. You get to that point and it's like Kirtland. I always bring up Kirtland too, because you get to a certain point and you just want to win. It's, no matter, it's win at all. It becomes costs. normal. Right? right. And, and I was there for the, the first uh, winning streak when, when to be on that team as a freshman, when they broke Oklahoma's winning streak of like 54 games in a row. And then was to be on the team for the second one, you know, they had, we had lost one game and then we started over and be at school when they did it again. But like, I've been really, really blessed and lucky to play for some really good, fantastic Hall of Fame coaches and to play with some really great football Absolutely. minds. And I remember freshman year at Mount Union, mandatory study hall, 
you know, and 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 uh, uh, Matt Campbell and Nick Sirianni and Mike Miller and uh, a couple other guys are up on the board drawing plays up and arguing with, you know, and it's who's got the pen last. And, you know, I didn't even know what I wanted to do when I was 18 years old. <laughs> right. I'm just sitting there like just watching them because, you know, I play, yeah, I get on the like sticks and play like Madden in NCAA. I'm like, ah, I run that all the time in, in NCAA, you know. So, you know, just the the culture of football and coaching and, and greatness that comes through there. And there's something to be said, like, like a lot of coaches that come through Mount Union are successful and it's because there's a certain way that you do things. And, my, and Coach Karras used to say all the time, you know, the locker room is like the locker room is a microcosm of your program. Like you, you're, you don't just win championships on game day. Like you have a championship locker room. The weight room looks like a champion works there. The locker room looks like your grades look like a, like like you're a winner. You know, you don't just win on Saturdays yeah, and Fridays. Just walk out on the field right. and win, win all the time. And him and Coach Montgomery and um, um, Joel Cockley and Joe Lee and you know, I was blessed to play for some really good football yeah, really coaches. Good coaches. Yeah. Now, getting into your uh, coaching career, it's been a very interesting one to me. Uh, you grew up in East Lake, Ohio, graduated from East Lake North, as we already mentioned. You go to Mount Union for college. Uh, then you pack your bags and head to Virginia. Mm -hmm. uh, what made you say, deuces, Ohio, I'm out of here, I'm <laughs> headed to Virginia? What kind of happened there? Well, I didn't want to. Uh, I mean, I, 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 I did. I knew it was time to go. So, um my first job out of, out of Mount Union, I was substitute teaching and working roofing and landscaping jobs when I could get them uh, in Willoughby Eastlake and in Kirtland. Um, I ran into Dan Kakura, another fantastic yeah. coach. Todd yeah. last week too. Yeah. Um, he was the my head coach at North for my freshman and sophomore year. I ran into him at like Panini's in Willoughby and, <laughs> and uh, he was like, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. He's like, come coach football. And I'm like, okay. You know, and I'd coach powder puff right. at Mount Union and that was kind of fun. So I'm like, all right. So he was at Kirtland at the time and I had an opportunity to coach middle school football at Kirtland and we went five and two. It was their first winning season in like four years. Me and uh, coach Ridgeway there who's still at Kirtland now. Um, I, he was the head basketball coach there for a long time. I don't know if he still is. And um, uh, Kakura had retired. And I remember going through the coaching change there. I sat down with Tiger and we interviewed. And one thing that I tell people all the time about Coach Verde and his brother was at my all-American linebacker at Mount Union when I was there. Oh, Matt, God. yeah, Matt would transfer in from like Penn cool. State. That's yeah, cool. you end up coaching with his yeah. Brother. and his brother was head coach at Oil City at PA yeah, for a long that. time too. So I, I mentioned that in one of the first shows is Curtin was supposed to play at Oil City, yeah, but COVID kind of destroyed those plans. I was kind of looking forward to that game. Yeah, it was it was that. They were trying to tie that up, and they yeah. go they go there for a clinic or for like a seven on seven every year, or whatever. Kirtland. but I sat down with Coach Verde. And he was young, you know, young yeah. at the time, and he was younger than I am now. And I've never heard a football coach use the word fun as much as he did. And he was yeah. high energy, and he was like, "We're gonna have so much fun, and this is what we do on defense. We're three three, and and we're gonna we're gonna bring eight. We're, we're just gonna play gonna man. Yeah, we're gonna <laughs> and and then offense. They were at that time they were spread. Yeah. four or five wide mirrored routes running four verts and, and five verts out of, you know, and I'm like, this is cool. And uh, he offered me a position on staff, but there was no teaching job attached. Sure. And I was getting, I wasn't certified to teach at the time. So um, I started getting on uh, AFCA.com and, and it was before the football scoop and it was 2005, 2004. So um, 2005. So I was looking online and, and I was, I was, I mean, I must've sent out, application to resumes to 50 coaches on there and I was I did some research Virginia Georgia 
Florida and um, I, it might have been Tennessee. You didn't have to have a teaching certificate to teach. They would give you a provisional license. Okay. So um, I ended up, five, it was it was like a three-month process. started like in January, February. And uh, I was talking to these coaches and calling them on the phone. And finally, um, as, as luck would have it or, or fate or destiny, whatever you want to say, I called Coach Mills at Dimity County High School in Virginia. And I'm like, are you going to hire me or what? Like, I was to the point, like, and he's like, well, yeah, come on down uh, this day for an interview. And, and I was like, okay. So I, I packed my truck up. I drove down to Virginia. I interviewed. Um, as the story goes, I being a Yankee, which they call Yankee, us yeah, Northerners, Yankees right. down there. Sure. Uh, in my interview, I, I, I might have cussed one or two times in front <laughs> of the principal and stuff, but I said ass and shit or whatever. You can beat that out later. But uh, uh, as, as the story goes, I don't remember. I don't recall that, but end up getting the job. Um, I, I got an alternate ed position, like a, a GED, ISAP, sure. alternative standard, whatever, individual standard alternative educational plan. And I went down there and in uh, two weeks, I moved 17 days. I interviewed, wow. I, I moved down there. I, I came back. Term. Yeah. And then, I mean, and and it's happened a couple of times in my career and the decisions that I've made to get, to move on. Like I'm driving down to Virginia with my trip, with everything in my 98 <laughs> F-150, you know, and I'm riding down. I'm like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah, you know, right, and you right. doubt yourself. And, and I moved in a house with, with, with three guys, um, with two guys. And they were both successful head coaches as well. We were all 24 years old and uh, we went down there and, and coach Mills, um, he's my mentor and a great friend of mine and a, a great guy to learn how to coach. And he's one of the most successful coaches in Virginia and getting to work for him and, and live with those guys. It was very similar to Mount Union. It yeah. was, you know, um, Jim Henderson, who's head coach at Monacan and, and Adam Fisher, who came, who moved to Virginia from South Dakota. Right. Right. We were all there. And, you know, I'm not a real religious guy, but you know, everything happens for a reason. Yeah. And sometimes God puts no, people in place and it was just the perfect, the perfect uh, storm to, to, to learn and to coach. And I had a blast, man, for, yeah. especially that first go around and we were very successful and, right. and that, learned a lot. And that's what I'm getting into. So you wound up, correct me if I say this wrong, uh -huh. Dinwiddie Din High, yep. Din mm -hmm. High School um, in Virginia as an assistant coach. Um, home of the generals. Mm -hmm. um, you were a coach there on two separate occasions. Uh, your first stint was 2006, 2010. And your second stint uh, at Dinwiddie was 2010, 2017. You guys did some amazing things over that time. Uh, over your time at Dinwiddie, the team's record was 82 and 28 over your two stints there, which is, in, that's incredible. Man. Just that record is crazy. Uh, then you had three state finals appearance and one state championship. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about that crazy run two time that you were yeah. there? I mean, that's a hell of a run, 82 and 28. So what makes it even a little bit more special is in the year 2000, Dimity played for a state championship and lost. They went one in 49 in the next five years. And Coach Mills took over wow. uh, the year before I got there. And that was – he had won game 10 his first year. So that was their only win. Right. Was the first win in five years they had won his last game his first year there. And then, you know, he had got the go ahead from administration to bring some teachers in and, and some coaches and some youth and some young guys. And 
you know, we had a, a group of guys to work under Coach Mills. And then David Davis came in, who was Coach Mills's college roommate. And they played at Emory and Henry together. Um, and and he was like the missing piece. And first season there, we went three and seven. And then we went nine and two. And then we went 14 and one and 14 and 13 and two and lost to a Phoebus team in the state championship game with Taj Boyd at the quarterback. Yeah. And they had like 22, uh, Daquan Romero and uh, Davenport kid. They had like 22 division one players or I'm sorry, division college football scholarship football players on that team and bill d was their head coach who's a uh a, a virginia legend but um all that success is is contributed to uh, a great leader as a head coach who has a vision uh, who can get everybody on the same page and the offseason man like though and coach mills says it and that's where i got it from and and i was a strength coach for for him after two years he kind of passed to me he was never not involved i did all the the paperwork and the programming. And I said, Hey, is this good? Yes. And I was there every day and he was there every day, but uh, the lifeblood of their football program is their off season. And I mean, they've still, I mean, they went, they went 10 and two this year, like right. coach Mills. That's what we already mentioned. Yeah. Too, been is in you the win playoffs in the off season. That's bottom line, whether kids like it or not, you win in the weight room weeks, you know, prior off season, right, yeah. right as week 10 ends, all the weeks in between week 10 and week one, the following year, that's when those football games yeah. are going. And, and truly believe being that. there and through that transition, because it didn't start that way, right. From a, a program that was one in 49, right. You know, and then coach Mills coming in and, and, and I was there uh, during the rebuild, you know, I, I, I was riding shotgun, you know, and, and having to, having to, you know, have attendance policies and show these kids small victories and similar to what we're trying to do at Lakeside and, and, and build through the weight room and in the culture, <clears throat> excuse me, in the winning, um, you know, to flip a program. And I watched the, the, not only did the culture of the kids in the football team change, the culture of that building changed. Yes, school, everything. Right. In 2007, we got a brand new high school. We moved across the street. Um, and that's when things got to rolling. And then, and then that's you when know, the football program wins. That motivates your basketball teams. Yes. I mean, it motivates entire And building. people see the buy-in, like, they're like, dang, like, these kids are working this hard and they're getting this out of it. And then the other kids that, that play other sports and want to compete or the football players that play other sports or track or basketball sure. or wrestling, they're like, hey, man, you want to be good? Get in that weight room. Come on. Come yeah. up, come in here with us. And that's what we're trying to get going. And I think we got that. We have a good – our basketball coach and our wrestling coach understand the value of that room and, and what it does sure. for your kids, but also what it does for your culture. But yeah, we had a good run um, state championship games and, and playoffs and deep runs in the playoffs and uh, some long seasons, man, you're yeah, talking 18, yeah, 19 weeks and, but worth it every, every penny, man. Right. And, and, you know, I remember we had won the state championship game um, in 2013 and, I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm getting to 2013. Okay. And that, that was, that leads me to 2013. You actually earned the assistant coach of the year award in 2013. How special of an award was that to you? I know it's the kids and right. that type of thing, but how special was that to you? Well, I think, you know, um, it was like the Richmond Times, So it's similar to Plain Dealer. So it encompasses right. like a, a pretty big, big, uh, area of coaching a lot of different divisions and stuff so it was huge but from like i guess it's just validation to investing all that time and energy into what you're doing into your kids into your program and being extremely loyal to your head coach and and your coaching staff and and 
developing that team atmosphere within your staff. Like it's all worth it, you know? And for the coolest thing about that is like, we swept that, at, at that year. We had that defensive player of the year was, was on our team, uh, Rashad Goodwin. We had the offensive player of the year and Sedaris Williams, who was our running back. And then we had the coach of the year, which was coach Mills. Oh, and then I was awesome. the assistant coach cool. of the year. So yeah, it was pretty cool, but you know, that season was very special um, for what we did offensively numbers wise. And uh, with the, the, some of the talent that we had both on the offensive line and skill wise, and we play great defense. You know, right. Coach Mills is a defense first guy. Right. And that brings me into, you had many players go on to play college football at the winning, go on to play college football. Can you talk a little bit about that? I mean, you had all conference guys, you mm-hmm. had several guys go on to play college. Can you talk a little bit about those guys? Yeah, we've, we've had, you know, I think it's all attributed to getting those guys in the weight room in seventh and eighth grade and starting to develop them athletically. And then they commit and buy in um, to what the coach and staff is, is, is selling. And, and they see it, you know, we, we, when we first got there and coach Mills will speak to it too, like nobody came to our school. It's similar to like when I got to Lakeside, like no one, right. there's not many coaches that ride out there to see me and see our players. Right. And then, you know, you put the work in and then you can produce on the field and then the kids get the opportunity to get seen similar to, to like the Petros kid that we have out there, uh, who's going to uh, Mercyhurst to play offensive line. We had, you know, I've had, I think Sam was my, my eighth or ninth all state offensive lineman, maybe more. I, I not to sound like a jerk, but I haven't kind of lost. You'd stop keeping track of it after a while, but um, you know, there's been a ton of them from D one talents that that played at Ohio state to division three kids that, that, you know, uh, one of the, one of the, uh, kids I talk about all the time, Kanias Minor, right? Kanias was a program kid. He got, uh, he was a senior in the 2013 team. He didn't play. He was a, the sixth offensive lineman. Um, he was the fifth defensive lineman. He never played and, and he would practice his ass off. Right. And I remember we're sitting in there after the first playoff game and Coach Mills, he's like, come in here and watch this. We're watching practice film. Kanias Minor is absolutely giving it to our first team defense. And we're giving up, you know, we're, we're giving up 30 yards a game right. rushing and we're giving up less than seven points and no one can move <laughs> the football on us. And he, this kid's just getting after our guy, our right. first defense. And I'm like, he's like, you need, he's like, give him a chance, put him in there. Okay. I, mean, I got my guys, you know, line yeah, guys yeah. got their guys. Yeah, and yeah. so we start putting them in, but we get a kid go down and, uh, Long story short, Kanias gets to start in the state championship game. So that's cool. And he sets the school record for knockdowns. He has 17 knockdowns in a state championship game. We win 56 to 14, right? So, like, they come, you know, the college guys, they come in all shapes and sizes. They come in all different levels. But the the, the amount of work ethic and talent that those guys – and Coach Mills does a fantastic job of promoting his kids and getting them out there, so – you know, he's going to keep rolling, too. You know, sure. it's, 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 it's cool to keep watching. And you mentioned quite a bit of guys already at Dinwiddie over your time there. Any shout-outs you, that you maybe missed that you want to give to your boys down in Virginia? Man, I yeah, I know they'll be watching. I, oh my, you know, my college roommate, Archie Tortoris, is one of the best coaches I know. He's kind of taking a backseat to be more of a dad now. Um, you know, he's a, he's a really good football coach, David Davis. I mean, there's been – a ton of them down there. I, I don't want to leave anybody out, right. you know. So, <laughs> so you better you know, not. Yeah, you know, uh, Todd Meaner, my the D line coach, and I was there, my best friend, and we taught PE together. Once I moved from uh, ISAP into PE, 
you know, uh, Coach Coles, who's the receiver coach down there, one of the best receiver coaches. I know he played. He was a player. He right. graduated in the 2019 that went nine and two, the team that kind of flipped the yeah. whole culture there. So um, there's, you know, the Henderson, the Henderson family, like Jim Henderson's head coach at Monacan and his brother was head coach at James River. His dad had won like three or four state championships as a defensive coordinator for Hopewell. Wow. Hopewell's where Travion Henderson played for Ohio State's right, yeah. freshman running back. So, you know, um, and then my experience at, at Colin Heights, you know, I, I, I got to work with my brother who's on my staff now and he, he's come with me, worked with us at Dinwiddie. He was with me at Colonial Heights and, and, and that administration and Coach Carsley, the AD at, at Colonial Heights are giving me an opportunity to take my first head coaching job. So, yeah, man, I I don't want to go too long and I'm sorry if I left anybody out. And they, Those guys down there know that I love them and and uh, I still talk to a lot of them too. So, and as you should, I mean, that's what the coaching world's all about—is relationships you build. And it's cool to see the different perspective. When I went down there, people say, "Well, what was the biggest difference between Ohio and Virginia football?" And I'm like, you know. And then I move up here, and everyone's like, "What?" The the thing that sets us apart. So that's think, a good thing because I wasn't going to ask yeah. you that. Now that's a question yeah, I should have asked. Uh, in hindsight, the 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 play up front, um, up here. Offensive, defensive line play, in the box play on defense. Um, I don't know if they, at some times, the level of detail and technique coaching of the big guys isn't as good as, I think that's why we had some success, a lot of success. I think that's why Dinwiddie continues to have success because they do a really good job of coaching the sure. dudes up front. Whereas up here, everyone's good up front, like right. from, from yeah, like Lakeside not, to Chagrin Falls to Kirtland to Mentor. You gotta like, be, yeah, I mean, you gotta, and, and everybody knows yeah, that. You get to week 10 when right. the weather starts getting cold. It's a lot yeah. Different. So that, I think that's the biggest difference you see. And there's, there's athletes and depth everywhere, but I think the, the depth of the skilled players down there, like at, at Dinwiddie as a strength coach at one time, um, I think we had 27 kids on our team of 65. I think 27 of them ran four, six or faster. Well, you know, we've got maybe eight on yeah, our team at Lakeside. So, <laughs> yeah. So, like, you know, and, and we did a lot in the offseason, which I spoke to sure. a couple of times to get that. But, you know, the amount of kids, you just got a list of kids and it's like, you know, right. four, six, four, six, eight, four, six, five, four, five, two. I might four. be heading to Virginia. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot, of, a lot of speed down there. It's, it was fun, man. I, I, um, I love my experience there. I did. And after your first stint at Dinwiddie High School, you uh, head to the collegiate level to coach. Uh, you got hired at the University of Troy in 2010. What made you jump to the college level? What made you want to do that? Well, working with Coach Mills, we clinic. I mean, I must have been to more clinics than, than with him. <laughs> he dragged me to clinics. He'd make me speak at him. Um we go to camps. We were a member of the Tony Franklin system. So we signed up and we went two feet all in. And I remember the first camp, the first, uh, not camp before the first two days there, we're in the English room and Dinwiddie, the old Dinwiddie high school, it's a junior high now. And we've got every single play on an old chalkboard with yellow chalk, green chalkboard. <laughs> and it's the whole board. Right. And it's got every play in the Tony Franklin system out of every formation. <laughs> and and it, it would, it would be, it fill up this whole damn room and we're putting it on an install schedule. Um, and I'm like, Holy shit. How are we going to put all this yeah. in and be good at any of it? Right. But um, we, cool. we put it all in and you narrow it down. And, and, but through the Tony Franklin system, we did camps and we did clinics and we would go to Troy and we do a team camp there and we go to here and we do that. And then 
because we had success and coach Mills was such a good coach that we had success uh, on the field that we got invited to coach in these clinics and we we get invited to speak at the Tony Franken uh, clinic coach Mills would and then um, we got an opportunity to work these camps all over the country so we'd go to mommy high school and they'd fly us to Texas and we'd go to uh, I one week one weekend I spent fourth of July weekend at at uh, uh, Lake Tahoe playing well, yeah, golf cool, I mean, you're playing, right you're but coaching football at Truckee football. High School for the head coach who grew up in Painesville right right and he's won like six state titles in California right you know and and he's from Painesville he's coach Anderson's brother yeah. or brother-in-law or something yeah. like that and I'm like so I got to work camps and and really the what we I had a really good offensive line crew in 2008 the first year we played uh for the state championship and uh David Abbey and Nick Watts and, and Aubrey Collins and John Oakley and Ryan Tabner. I still remember them all by name and, and um, some really hard nosed, tough ass kids. And I put them through, I put them through it too. And coach Mills, As you uh, yeah, <laughs> and coach Mills told me uh, uh, my, like my first week working for him or something. He told me, I'll never forget. He said, if you love them, you'll be hard on them yep. because if you're not, they'll never get to where you think they can. And, and I still, uh, you know, I, I need to get that, put up on a poster board or something in my room. And, and we went down there and we had a one-on-one deal and it was, there was, there's 20 schools there and you do one-on-one line play and, and we were pretty good. And we knew, like, I knew they were going to be pretty good, but I wanted to be a little bit nasty. And Lexington Christian or Lexington Catholic from uh, Lexington, Kentucky was there and they brought their whole defense and we went one-on-one with them. And one of their kids, uh, there, uh, there was like, they had like an all-state defensive end and he took, and my left tackle, Nick Watts, who played, was All-American at Shawan Division II school in North Carolina, took a pass set and lifted him off the planet and put him <laughs> flat on his back. There you go. And then it was a goddamn fist fight. <laughs> and we had coaches running in. Right. And um, from there, you know, you, you work with those coaches and John Sharman, right. um, who was the, head, who was the uh, offensive line coach at Troy at the time, who was at Kentucky, and God love him, and, and God rest his soul, he just passed away of cancer. Uh, about two years ago, um, oh, a year ago, this past season, uh, not this year, but the year before, who was another mentor of mine, you know, he started, uh, you know, he, he'd he take me, hey, we're going to get wings for lunch, come up with us, hey, we're going to go this, so they kind of took me that, aside with the online coaches, yeah, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> the young coach, so yeah, and I worked with guys, you know, I got to work with, with, with Chase Harp, um, who's an offensive coordinator at the Glen Academy down in Georgia, who hired me as a line coach at UCO when he became the offensive coordinator at Central Oklahoma when I left Troy. So um, just making those connections. So they had a GA position open up and I had been coaching in, in high school for five years, O-line coach, right. uh, uh, strength coach. And we had had some success and I put a couple, like David Abbey, the, the right tackle, he ended up walking on at Troy and making the football team um, the year I was there, we had sent a kid to Troy, Sam Haskins, played receiver at Dinwiddie, and we had sent him there. So he called me, Schleimer called me and said, hey, Buzzy, I got a, a GA position I want you to think about taking. And I'm like, man, that would be awesome. So I go in and talk to Coach Mills, and I wait a couple of days because I think he's going to be pissed, right? Because, you know, any guy, you get it. You know, oh, yeah. I was your line guy and your strength coach, and, you know, and I'm an extremely loyal guy. And um, – uh, I and Coach Mills looked at me and goes, "If you don't take that job, I'm going to fire your ass because you need to go." So <laughs> that's good, though. I yeah, so like I, I got it. Right yeah, that's good. yep. So I he uh, he gave me some money and and uh, 
patted me on the back. He said, get the hell out of here. Gave me his blessing. And I went down there and, um, I, uh, after working with, with Larry Blakeney, who's going to be a Hall of Fame, you know, NCAA Hall of Fame head football coach, was, uh, you talk about a great guy to work for, man. Right. I mean, awesome. And Kenny Edenfield uh, uh, was, the, was the offensive coordinator. And, and uh, Jeremy Rowell was defense coordinator at the time. Schlarman was there. And Benji Parker was at one of the Mississippi Junior Colleges and, and winning a bunch. Uh, the experience to work there and teach and uh, work at tight ends and assistant line coach, and then also be the offensive GA. So, you know, um, you know, staying up till four in the morning, right. get the scouting yeah. report done oh, yeah. on a Monday you're, you're night and Sunday. Yeah. You're all, you're doing the work but then also having to do. to do the coach, like, like, so most of the time, and back then, and I don't know what the rules are now, like most GAs don't have their own room. You know, you're an assistant, yeah. you're, but I was, I worked with John and set up his drills and did the GA stuff for him. But then I ran meetings with the tight ends and, sure. and, and, and we played, you know, we played with the tight end, maybe 20% of the time, maybe mm-hmm. probably less than that. But uh, uh, Donnie Crosby was the starting tight end. And we had a kid that grew up in Painesville that moved to Georgia. Jim Technip was down there. He was a transfer. And uh, uh, I got the, got in there and started to love those guys. And they, I, mean, I just coached them like, Oh, I'm in, you know, and they, uh, I, you know, so we didn't catch many passes. Yeah, they, well, they <laughs> down blocked their ass off and reached their ass off. But, you know, and then from there, um, you know, after being a full-time teacher for five years and not going to making $5,500 a semester and having to take class, yeah. I'm like, shit, I don't know how I'm going to pay the bills. So um, off, offensive line job opened up at University of Central Oklahoma. It's a D2 school yeah. right, right outside Oklahoma City in Edmond. And uh, Chase Harp called me. I just talked to him on the phone the other day. Um, he called me and he said, Hey, uh, I need a line coach. Why don't you come out here and talk to our head coach? Right. And I went out and there actually, and got before, it. before we get into central mm-hmm. Oklahoma, I wanted to ask, um, you, uh, coaching a bowl game while you're at Troy. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, that was awesome. I mean, you played a lot, um, Ohio university and you, the Trojans went eight and five that season. Uh, you played in the New Orleans uh, bowl game, uh, and Troy won that game 48, uh, 21, um, can you talk a little bit about the experience just coaching in a college bowl game? That's that's a cool experience, yeah, was, no matter it was, what. I mean. It was cool. And, and, like, that that season at Troy was awesome. So, we, like, opened up at Oklahoma State. And, you know, we're, we finished camp. And the next thing you know, we're getting on a plane traveling to Oklahoma. Right. You know, and I'm like, so we go to Oklahoma. It's 41-39. They got Brandon Whedon and, and <laughs> Justin Blackman on that team. And and it's 41-39 them. And we got the ball at 50-yard line going in to score with like two minutes left. And I think, I, th- I don't know, maybe Dana Hogerson might've been their offense coordinator at the time. And we give up a sack and a fumble and they recover it and the game's over, but we're right there. So, you know, we played at Oklahoma state. We played at South Carolina um, in front of 90,000 people. And you know, I'm up in the box and South Carolina takes the field and everything starts shaking. So it was a uh, coaching. It's, it's definitely a different world, but the bowl game was, was special to travel there and have practice in tight inside the, the, uh, the Superdome down there yeah, that's, and, and that's cool walk through and they, they give you, I mean, the, the yeah, cool thing about, yeah, they bags, give you, you get pullovers, uh, uh, swag bags, t-shirts. We got iPad mini iPad touches, like the first year they came out with the bowl game engraved awesome. on the back. And <laughs> yeah, but the, just, and then like we spent time with Ohio university staff and, sure. and you know, they would, we just, 
you know, meet up at for dinner or something. And and Coach Blakeney was great to us. And we didn't pay for a thing while we were down there. And my roommate, uh, who was the defensive GA, Brett Borden, who coached for a long time. Chip Lindsey was on that staff, who was a he was the uh, offense coordinator at, at at Auburn. He was he just uh, uh, was is he was at Troy. Um, Troy moved on and, and hired someone else. But Chip Lindsey, I mean, the, like I said, I've been yeah. extremely blessed to be able to coach with and 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 learn from some really really good football coaches. But bowl game, it was it was cool, man. It's not like. Um, it's not really like anything else you've been because, you know, right. and we hit on all cylinders. Like we couldn't sure. do anything wrong. I remember me and coach Parker, they had a <laughs> hospitality room up there in, oh, in New you Orleans, go. you know, we got <laughs> halftime, me and him are digging in that shrimp and we didn't go down because the elevator was broken for halftime. And we were up, I think it was like 35, nothing or 35, seven and a half. We're talking smack to Schlarman on the headset. He's like, he's like, hey, Schlar, you would hate these shrimp up here. They're terrible. Those shrimp are this big, you know. So it was fun, man. It was a cool experience. Uh, I also wanted to ask, you, you've you coached at both the high school and college level. What is the biggest difference of coaching at the high school compared to the college level? And what would you say? Well, you know, there's – you don't have to do as much nudging in college, right? Oh, like, you don't have to coach effort. You don't have to tell kids to show up to practice. Right. You know, you don't – you have to give the kids the tools they need to be successful in the classroom and monitor their grades and, and give them the resources they need to, to, to uh, you know, the kick in the butt. Hey, what's right. going on in math? Right. Why didn't you at study table? Um, you know, and as a GA, you got to ride around and do class checks. So you're in the yeah. golf cart and you're going to this class. You're checking guys off the list. They got to show up to breakfast every morning. You, know, you cross them off the list at, at breakfast. They don't go to breakfast. They got to see the strength coach. <laughs> so there's all a bunch of little right. stuff that goes on that that, that uh, you don't know. But yeah, it, I, it's it's uh, you can really get into X's and O's and scheme and really really get your hands dirty with playing with different techniques and seeing what works at the college level because you don't really have anything else to do, you know, right. at high school where you have to teach five yeah, classes and, and then, yeah. Kids. And then you're working with kids. Everyone at Troy was, and everyone at UCL were really good high school football players, right. you know? So fundamentally for the most part, everybody that there is, is good. Right. So you don't have to spend, you, you work on head placement, hand placement, footsteps, footwork patterns, all that stuff talking all line wise. But like for the most part, they're pretty good at six yeah. inch zone steps because they've been yeah. doing it for four yeah. years in high school. So you can really get into to work and schemes and downs and, and, and at the college level, like even kids that struggle again, like everybody's smart and they have football set. Right. So um, I guess that would be the biggest difference. Like you don't, it's, it's sometimes in high school, you have to tailor it down and you can't get as complicated as we want to get right. as coaches yeah. because the kids can't learn it. Or just because it's, or they don't need to learn it because right. it's almost too much. Where at college, you can, and Coach Enfield did a really good job. So did Schaller keeping everything simple. Like, right. I think that's one of the things I learned there. Like, I bet you we probably only carried maybe 15 to 20 plays per week around the call sheet. Similar to like Mike Leach. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. what I believe is. Get the best five plays and run them out of depth formation, mm -hmm. then, then you got 50 plays. Right Some games you run into, we didn't even have that. I right. could go into Coach Edenfield's meeting room down in the basement of the old the old uh, football building there, and he had the board <laughs> up with the with the X's and O's, and he drew up all their fronts, and he had the right. top 
top two runs that he liked against each front, top right. two pass quick games, top two screens, top two dropbacks, and that was what it. You know? was and we were and what the, the cool thing about that was it was the same offense. We were Tony Franklin system, right. Mike Leach, air raid. So we were running mesh, we're running shallow, we're running high low, we're running four birds, running zone, inside zone, outside zone, power, power read, stick. Uh, you know, 67, right. 68, 69, all that stuff. So, Good. and those guys out there that, that are from, they don't know what I'm talking about, right? That's how I learned it. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I was a numbers. Like when we first got in, you know, 90, 91, 92, 94, 95, 96, 97, 98. 98 was kind of our play, but those are all yeah. play concepts. Like, you know, 90 shallow, right. 90, 91 right, yeah. high low, smash route, 92 smash, 84 sale. That's the thing. It's like all the, yeah. everyone has their own terminology yeah. now. Like, so I know what you're talking about. For some coaches that are like, what, what the hell are you talking about? Right. right. So and I talk to my brother all the time because he's been with me and he calls our plays offensively. And uh, we'll get in the meeting room and I'm like, just run 95, but run out of this and do, like this. Like we used to run and he's like, yeah. And then the coach, everyone's like, okay, the, head coach the coaches on staff are like, what the hell is 95? Because that's not what we call it now. You know, Y cross, we don't call it Y cross. We don't call it 95. We got, so the coaches on my staff now, they didn't learn it the way I learned it. So. And after one season at Troy, you leave and get hired at the University of Central Oklahoma, like you mentioned. Uh, you get hired as the run game coordinator and offensive line coach in 2010. Uh, your offense broke the single game rushing record with 272 yards from one player. Mm-hmm. Uh, as O line coach, you got to feel that's got to feel pretty damn good. Oh man, <laughs> you know, it can, did. can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, well, we we weren't very good. All right, so at UCO and Tracy Holland was the head coach, and um, we had there were some really good coaches that were leaving, and uh, uh, P two was there. Uh, my buddy. Uh, uh, Patterson, Coach Pete, we call him P2, Dale Patterson. His dad was head coach at, at uh, um, uh, the junior college there in Miami. I can't, it's not on the top of my head. But anyway, um, we weren't very good. UCO was on the previous coaching staff before Coach Holland took over. They had cut our scholarships in half because they were cheating. Um, so you go into D2 where you only have 36 scholarships and you got to chop them right. up to 18. Right. So now, we got a bunch of kids that, that we had lost on, you know, that were there that we had to, sure. you know, that, that weren't maybe the same level. So we had, so when I got there, we had to finish the spring game with our starting tight end. who was one of our best players. I think he snapped for the Bengals for a couple of years mm-hmm. as a long snapper, wow. long snapper. Um, we had, he had to finish the spring game at right tackle because the same five guys played offense for both teams. Right. Because we only had five guys, and after the, after spring ball, and I had to clean some house. We, you know, we the, when I got there, the the average GPA for an offensive lineman was under a one two five, and right. when I left, it was almost a two five. So we had done that. So that year, um, we had started two junior college transfers, a sophomore, and uh, uh, two freshmen, two junior college. Transfers and one kid who was there the year before. Uh, that's kind of hard. As Who's it coaching is, the line at Coaching college looks hard as this. Then you get your stops. Yeah. Cuts, so, but and we, we we were close. Like we went to uh, we went to North Alabama and Janoris Jenkins was there in an opening game and and we threw the ball seventy three times. Like I think we might even set the record for attempts in a game. <laughs> wow. And we didn't throw the ball. We never we didn't throw it over ten yards. It was fast screens and sticks. Yeah. And we we were in a dogfight with them. We it was it was a different experience um, at UCO. I'd say the culture of the program wasn't like anything I had been used to. Right. Um, it was a little bit more laid back. Uh, there was a lot more that was allowed 
And as an assistant coach, you know, you come in to some place. Um, Especially you were at Dinwiddie, a yeah. program that built up, and then yeah. you were at Troy that won, and then you wind up at, with some coaches that are that have a you, system, and right, we're going to do it this way. You expected yeah. here, and then you have here, and you're like, "What the hell is going on?" Yeah, there was, and, and you know, um, but it took the job it was a full time job. I didn't have to teach or anything. It was like forty eight grand to coach O line. I'm like, God damn, this is a, yeah, this is a dream. All you got to do is coach O line all day and recruit. Like hell, yeah, where do I sign up? Right. So yeah, you get to travel, you get food. Yeah, get yeah, food. everything. It was awesome. They gave us these fifty percent off cards. <laughs> we go to these like ten different restaurants, Love and it. all your food was fifty percent off. And yeah, it was cool. But you know, we didn't win, and we were really young. And uh, I think we won two games that year. But we we had we uh, we had a pretty good season offensively. We were in some ball games, but just like culture wise, where we were at with the scholarships getting cut and how young we were. And there was a bunch of football coaches that played on that team and some really good coaches now that GA'd for us. Like Austin Silvoy is the defense is a wide receiver coach, offensive coordinator at uh, pass game coordinator, Austin pay. And Jeremy Hawkins is at, at Western Kentucky as a D line coach. He was their defensive GA Marquise Williams, is in the NFL now. He was our special teams guy. And uh, Coach Petrino was our defensive coordinator. Is at like Colorado Mines or he's a head coach at Division Two. And like everybody that was, uh, you know, Coach Patterson's a high school coach. Coach, you know, everyone's still in the game, you know. And but That's the awesome. cool thing is that the GAs that we, that we, that like their first year coaching was with us. They've been really successful. I'm proud to see those guys That's be awesome. successful in the college level. Then you leave Central Oklahoma after the one year, and you get hired at Colonial Heights as the head high school football coach. Colonial Heights is in Virginia. Um, and you get hired in 2017 there. Up until that point, this was your first head coaching job. Yeah. Um, what made you apply for the head coaching vacancy at Colonial Heights? I asked this because the football program was struggling big time. I mean, they were 10-61 over seven seasons before you get hired. Uh, what intrigued you about taking that job? Well, when I was at Dinwiddie, so UCLA, I ended up going back to Dinwiddie and then took the job at Colonial Heights. We lost in the state championship game in 16 um, with a very talented football team. Uh, and uh, I was, for a couple of years, I've been thinking about being a head coach. Um, some of my buddies that I coached with at Dinwiddie had moved on and been very successful. And I guess as a coach and a competitor, you always want to like you want to do it. Like you want to see if you can not not see if you can do it, but you're like, I can do that. Yeah, like, it's I can like do what it. Butchko said. You want to see yourself lead a program. Yeah. You're sitting back and kind of seeing how things are done. Absolutely. And, and next step. my position at, at, at Dinwiddie, you know, assistant head coach and strength coach and co-offensive coordinator and O-line. Like I had a huge role there. And I'm like, well, I'm, you know, aside from the day-to-day -day head coaching things, I'm like, well, I'm doing everything anyway. Well, that's what right. you think right. until you have to do it, right? Yeah. And then head coaching is like a totally different world. So, and Coach Mills, I, I was in on a lot of a lot of discipline stuff, and he, right. he he was grooming me for it, right? And I don't know if Colonial Heights was the perfect job, but they were in our conference. And the year before, in 2016, like, we beat them 77 to nothing, like 77-7. Right. Wow. But they had some kids, and I lived in Colonial Heights. I bought a house in Colonial Heights, and – I could see that their youth program was really good. They didn't have a middle school program because the youth they were playing in the youth and then they were leaving Coy Heights to go play at Matoka or some other schools in the area. So I'm like, I think if we can get in here and we can build this up and we can bridge the youth program 
to the high school program and start a junior. Like we played the first JV football game at Colonial Heights in like seven years. They didn't wow. have a JV team. Wow. So, um, and that, and that, that stinks not having a JV or freshman team because they don't get those game reps. They don't, right. they're not playing against kids their same age. And then you get thrown right in the varsity. And then, yeah, and you start to lose the fire. That happened to us. You're a 13, a 14 year old kid playing against 18, 19 year olds. Right. That's, that's a scary thought. That's a huge difference. Right? And it, we, we had to go through that when I first got to, to Lakeside. Like we didn't have, yeah. we didn't have a JV. We played one JV game my first yeah. year here. We started freshman. We, we total. You take this senior class out that just graduated, those 10, 10 guys. We've only had 12, 13 seniors in the previous three years added together. Not each year, no, 13 total, like uh, seven, 18, 19, 20, all, add them all together. It's only 13 guys. But we, t- we took over Colin Heights. We, we, we started talking, you know, uh, the uh, um, Coach Krupp. And his dad came. His dad played at UVA and, and, and Kyle Krupp. Who was a good friend of mine. He was there. Um, and his, his dad, I got, I talked his dad out of retirement. He was still teaching <laughs> in the building. Great football guy. Krupp was, a, uh, was a all conference defensive lineman. It, he played at Colonial Heights. They're Colonial Heights guys. Now Mac is now the head baseball coach at, at, at Dinwiddie. He, right. he played, he pitched at Radford. Like he was a, a division one baseball player. So um, we put together a staff and we put in a system and it was all about, like they didn't lift, so they didn't lift weights. Right. They didn't lift weights. I'm like, so the, I'm, I go on my third interview there, and I, I asked the, the AD, Coach Carsley, who's a great guy, and uh, I was like, can you take me to the football field house? We go in this, so the, the stadium's off site, right? So it's not at the high school. It's right. like two miles down the road. And we, he opens it up. He's like, yeah, man, check it out. This is what we got. And it's like there's weights on the floor. There's bars on the floor, the squat rack. They have two, like, like two (laughs) squat racks that have so much dust on them. And they have have five different benches in there and the benches all have weight on them. But, you know, and, and he's like, yeah, this is, this is it. He's like, shaking his head. Oh, this is your problem. And he looked at me, he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, so you can't win. I said, you know, so they, the school board and the superintendent approved like a, a brand new $85,000 weight room and dynamic fitness came in and they, they outfit the whole thing. We put turf in it. You know, we, 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 we took the Dimity approach and, and with the off season stuff. And I brought that there, but we had kids showing up and we had, you know, we had gone from like a roster of 26 kids to like 48. My first year, we won the first three games. Um, and at Colonial Heights, the thing about that, those numbers are a little misleading. They play in a in a. Uh, if you took like Cardinal right. and put them in the WRC, right. that's yeah. that's what they have tough. to play. So they're they're a very small uh, uh, four or five A school or a three A school there, right. and they're almost a two A school, and they have to play Dinwiddie and Matoka and. Thomas Dale and all these big, yeah. So, like, I mean, it's almost you're walking into a bad situation. Yes, before. yes. And we knew that, and we knew the schedule was going to be tough, but we also knew with the computer points, the way things went, that like we went, we went three and seven, right? And we were, we were the ninth ranked team, you know, or we were, yeah, I think they went in eight that year. I think we were nine, and we wow. almost got in the playoffs at yeah, three that's, and seven. That's the thing. You win the right games, you can find right. So in, we, we eke out another win there, and, and we, we would have got in and, and Man, that, that was fun. Like to do it my first year. Yeah. Um, and and I, I spoke with one of my buddies down there. You know, 
sometimes you get in here and you take a job like at Lakeside and I, you put so much pressure on yourself and your staff that oh, yeah. it almost becomes Trust me, I'm, I'm great. Yeah. I'm like having fun at practice and yeah. enjoying it. Like yeah. sometimes it becomes such a grind because you want to be successful and you're trying to get your kids to want it right. too, that it becomes like, you know, you get tired of and it. Co and coaching now is a di much different world than even five years ago. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like, me as a kid, we wanted to play football. We were outside in the front yard. We're, we're playing tackle football on the street on dead end streets, you know. But yeah. These kids don't. No. They're not playing football anymore. It's just a different. Yeah, we go over to East Overlook group. over there and yeah. play tackle football, and you get tackled into the cars, and you're yeah. playing in the street. Absolutely. Yeah, it's different. It's definitely different. But yeah, Coyotes was a great experience. Great administration. Great um, superintendent leadership. Uh, uh, just a. I, I I still think you could be successful there. I think they have uh, they which which is crazy. So I took that job and I had no intentions of leaving. Um, and then this opened up and then right. I worked out. That's yeah. that's but point. they've had I left and then they hired a guy who was who was a friend of mine, Tiller. Coach Tiller took over for two years and then he got out of football. And then they gave it to Krupp, who was my defensive coordinator. And then Krupp got out of football. Right. Well, he, he moved. He got married and ended up moving away. And he's a Cornyards guy. So now they're on their fourth head coach in, in five seasons. And 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 they've they're trying to get some stability there. And I think if they get that, they could be successful. Uh, I think that's with any program. You build up from the bottom up. I think any program yeah, wins some I games agree. and be successful. So get, getting into Asheville Lakeside now, yeah. I mean, this is the – are we, are we doing on time, man? No, I'm not, no, we're, we're we can go coffee, as long man. as you want. People <laughs> <laughs> get um, bored and turn us off. But yeah, no, it's funny. Is uh, I a lot of your players have actually followed the coach's approach on Twitter really? this week because you retweeting it. So I'm like getting all these Lakeside players. Yeah. But get in Nashville Lakeside. You come back home to Ohio. Uh, you get hired at Lakeside in January of 2018 after Frank Hall resigned. Uh, Frank Hall is actually now at Chardon. Mm -hmm. uh, can you talk a little bit about how the interview process went at Lakeside? Because I, were you living in Virginia when you yeah. applied? Like, were you doing Zoom meetings? It like, was. How was that? How'd that work out? It was not so. I I wasn't gonna apply for it, right? And and part of I told I said earlier I'm a loyal guy. Like I've only applied for um like three head coaching jobs, four head coaching jobs that I was that and I, I got two of them right so like I've always been pretty committed to where I'm at um but it came open I wasn't gonna apply and I'm like all right I'll just I'll send it it was late like I missed the deadline right. I sent it directly to, to Mike Cochran who's the a football athletic director at Canfield now and he calls me and he was the strength coach for uh Trestle at Ohio State oh, wow. and he played for Trestle at Youngstown State so he's a he's an Ohio Trestle that's guy. A, that's yeah. a guy you want to send your resume to. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. It was, so I, I didn't know that at the time. So I send it to him and I get a phone call like that night. And it's a 440. It's a 440. I'm like, okay. I answer it and we talk. And he's like, well, I want you to come up here and interview. All right. It's right around Thanksgiving. So unbeknownst to me, I didn't know that they already had a round or two of interviews. Right. Like I just threw my hat in the ring. I knew right. it was late. I sent an email. I said, here's my cover. I know this is late. I'm out of state, blah, blah, blah. So there was a whole bunch of other stuff after I got the job that I've been made privy to that, that um, you know, was going on with some guys that worked on staff that, that I don't know if, if it was handled the right way by the people that hired me um, or whatever, but I, I didn't have anything to do with any of that, right? So 
Um, that's above your pay. Right. Yeah. I didn't even know I'm, I'm yeah. 450 miles away in right. Virginia, you know, and it's still warm in February. Yeah. You know? So, so, uh, and, and November and in, in November. So, um, I write up over Thanksgiving break and, uh, I sit down and interview and I go into media center and there's eight guys in there and I sit down and they start asking questions and blah, blah, blah. And I have my whole presentation put together and everything. And I said, you know what? I said, you know, the hell with it. I'm just going to go for it. I said, I took off my suit coat. <laughs> I undid my tie and I'm like, all right, boom, boom, boom. This is how we fix it. And you, you know, and we went through the interview process and Cochran was impressed and he walked me out and I, my mom lives in Menor on the lake, Menor Headlands. And, uh, I was staying, we were staying with her, drove back to my Headlands. I got in the car. I didn't hear anything. I'm interviewed on a Saturday morning, like 9 AM. I'm riding back on a Monday, uh, back down to Virginia. And, uh, it was the weekend before Thanksgiving. And, uh, he calls me, I'm somewhere in PA and he offers me the job. Right. So I'm like, you turn that car. I'm right like, back yeah, no, right? I'm like, all right, well, I'm on the way home. Let me, let me, uh, give me two days. Let me, let me weigh the options here. And can I get back to you? So like, yeah, take your time. Blah, blah, blah. So that's, well, I didn't get officially offered the position until like the February board meeting. Right. And I'm yeah, talking to him. Yeah. So I'm talking stuff. to him and he's like, Hey, and they're interviewing and they're going through all this other turmoil that I didn't know what was going on. And their their superintendents telling other people that they're getting the job and their their ADs telling people he's gonna quit if I don't get the job. And it's it's it's, it's yeah, I didn't know any of it. And and there's I got uh this group of people at my booster club and the people involved in Al Carafa and 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 uh, Petros's dad and, and uh Kevin Sidbeck, my who's now my father-in-law, they were out there piling the pavement, like, how can you are you not hire this guy? Look at his right. resume. Look what he's done. Look where he's been. He's yeah. a local guy, blah, 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 blah. So anyway, I think it took a little bit of time for them to sell it to who was there. And, um, you know, I got uh, the phone call. Uh, it was a February board meeting and they called me from the board meeting. Dr. Potts, who's now our superintendent, was in the board office, but he wasn't superintendent at the time right. and in Cochrane. And we we worked out the deal and I ended up moving here like March the 12th was my first wow. workout. And it was, it was crazy. Like I didn't know anything about it aside from, I mean, I called people, I called Kukura, I, yeah. I sent emails. No, give me any information. I'm like, Oh, I don't know, man. Maybe <laughs> this, you know, maybe it isn't. And it, Oh, I can Locked find you know, it blind, 12 and 68 yeah. and the eight years before I got there. And, you know, and I, you'd see their film and they got some dudes that can flash and pan and, and you look at their roster numbers and blah, blah. So I get there and it's, we got first day of workouts. I'm like, we're having workouts. AD's like, yeah, go for it. Principal Don Rapus is now a board member. Great guy. He's like, yeah, coach, we got to get it going. But so we show up March 12th. I'm like, all right, let's get to work, man. We got 88 kids. Four track kids are in the weight room. I can't get in there. Girls basketball is in the gym. Can't get in there. Boys basketball is in the small gym. Can't get. So I got 88 kids getting ready for first day. I'm all fired up. I'm by, I'm by myself. I don't have any anybody on staff. And we're clearing out tables in the cafeteria. And then Love the custodians it. come over and tell me I can't do yeah, it. What are you doing? And I'm like, are you? God, I start going, you know, oh, I, I, sometimes great. I got, I, you that's know, cool. I, I'm a little well, reactionary. I'm like, I'm just freaking go home then. Yeah, you know think, what I mean? I every coach has been in that situation, yeah. like sneaking, putting up tables. Yeah, I'm like, what the hell do you want me to do? Like, I'm trying to come down here and change this. It starts right now. Like, it's 
Like you offered me a job the weekend before Thanksgiving. Now it's March the 12th. And I'm finally here. Right. It's four months. Yeah. I'm ready to get to work. And now you tell me I can't. So we had some stuff we had to work out with waiting room schedules and stuff like that. But yeah, it was, I, I remember I packed up, packed up the car, the truck and the trailer. And I moved up and I put stuff in my mom's garage. Uh, my house, put my house up for sale down there. I sold my house in like six days. Well, so then I had to go back close. down. So I made like four trips from Virginia to Ohio and back um, in between March and, and May. Wow. So, but That's yeah, crazy. it all worked out, man. And in one of the articles I read, you said um, that it was a no brainer taking that job. Was that because you were coming back to Ohio kind of family was here? Is that? Yeah. That is like that? The, the opportunity to coach like high school football in the state of Ohio, like to me being an Ohio kid and playing at Mount Union right outside of Canton right. in the hall of fame, is right there. It's like the Mecca, right? Like high school football in Ohio. Um, and, and not to, not, not to discredit what it is in sure. Virginia and the experience and it, it's good football, but like being an Ohio guy, the opportunity to coach division two in Ohio, you know, like one of the guys I mentioned earlier, I won't mention his name now that I played with at Mount Union. My first clinic I went to was the Ohio high school football coach association right. in Columbus. And he's like, well, and he don't know me from Adam. I haven't seen him in 15 right, yeah. years since we were at Mount Union. Oh, how'd you swing a D2 job already? Oh, I hope you don't fall <laughs> on your face. I'm like, what a dick. You know what I mean? Like, pardon my way. I just wanted, I'm like, oh, thanks, bud. Like, right. Appreciate the confidence, right? And he's a, he's a, a coach at a, at, a, at a division four, division three school, and they're successful. Yeah. But like, yeah, thanks for, you know, like, yeah, he's like, how'd you backdoor that one? I'm like, oh, yeah. I didn't, man. Like, I worked my balls off. Haters this gonna opportunity, hate, man. Right? Haters gonna hate, so, yeah, the, just the opportunity to move back home and coach in Ohio and, and be a head coach, like like Division Two. Like I I try and to. And get, there's just such good football. Yeah, it, it is. really it's, is. Like it's everywhere great. you go, I mean, every game, no matter if you're one in nineteen playing your week ten, it doesn't matter because you know you're getting quality opponent. No Absolutely. What, what level you're at, Division One through Seven in Ohio. And I just talked to the kids today in the weight room uh, uh, during workouts. We were doing some running in a small gym, and I'm like, like you guys, like we play Division Two football in Ohio. Like, yeah. and, and our, our weight room numbers aren't great right now. I'm trying to get some, some, the numbers up and get some kids in there and get them to understand the importance of it. You know, it's like beating your head against the wall after five years, yeah. but still getting them in there. But, yeah. you know, we got 12, 15 kids in, in the gym today and we got kids out with sick and kids on a basketball and right. five kids wrestling. So we got kids all over the place and where we're at, we have to share, but I'm like, like you're in division two in Ohio. Like this right. is some of the best football As you said, it's in the, the country. Division one, division two in Ohio. Like I'm like division two, region five with Hoban and Maslin yeah. and oh, yeah. Hudson, like Hudson, Hudson, no Stack, Nordonia. No yeah. Riverside, Coach Boers. I mean, dude, this is some of the best football yeah. in the country, Absolutely. just top to bottom. Um, so, like, I don't, yeah, I, our kids don't coach, understand that. Just the coaches in this. I mean, right. oh god, dang! You, you, you don't get a week are, off, even in, in the CBC with with Perry and and Chagrin Falls and uh, uh, um, Edgewood and, and those schools on our schedule. You don't get a week off yeah. in St. Joe's. Right. You, you know, you got you're playing against good players and good coaches each each yeah. each and every week man it's uh it, it, it was a no-brainer to move back home and have the challenge to do it um yeah I, i'm excited about it I, i'll tell you I, I love being at ashville i love working at lakeside i love our kids i love our support system i, I love I, you know i much of people talk smack about it and right. say you know and you know people out here in lake county and college like Ashville is, is is got a lot to offer, you know, Absolutely. and and with our facilities, I was, saying, I was just about to say your yeah. facilities are 
Our Talking facilities. When you drive up, you feel like you're on a college campus. Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. It, with our facilities and what we're trying to do with building our coaching staff in our youth program and our middle school program and the quality of coaches we have, like, I don't, if you live in Ashtabula and it's open enrollment, you send your kid to another school, you're like, yeah. you know, like, yeah. it's for, and he's an athlete. Um, you know, it's like, you kind of like, no one can offer a kid the experience that we can and the facilities that we can, sure. especially with, with the level of coaching that we have on, on coach. That's not the, no disrespect to the other guys. Coach Hannah's a great coach. Yeah. Coach Cooper's a great coach. Uh, coach Sorber's Man, a good coach. Those jabs uh, right I know, quick, but I'm you know, just saying, like, it's, 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 it. it's very nice. I'm not, take, I don't mean to take jab, but like, you know, it's, it's like we have, other schools can't offer what we yeah. can. So, sure. um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's exciting. Yeah. And you've taken over struggling programs in the past. We talked about the Colonial Heights. Before getting to Lakeside, the Dragon football program was 12 and 68 since 2010, uh, averaging a little over one win per season. Um, when you got to Lakeside, what needed to change? I had to narrow it down to one. No, yeah. <laughs> no um, it, it's a uh, it's a mindset, right? Like I think when. So some things happened in being there now for almost five years, it'd be five years in March. Um, you get to see how you can kind of look at where we're at and hear the stories and understand where they came from to understand where you're at. Like when they consolidated the two schools, yeah. I mean, that's like if Willoughby South and East Lake North combined. Right. Harbor and Ashton. Which I think is going to happen. Yeah, it might eventually, right? But they were bitter rivals, right? Yeah. And Lakeside was 99, 2000, right? right? So, um, and they didn't take any of the colors from either school. It was like a clean break and a fresh start. Well, I don't know if that rubbed everybody in the county the right way. Right. Some of the alumni. So like, when, like we get these Harvard grads and we get these Beulah grads. Well, we don't have any, and they're kids, right? So we don't have any, or St. John's right, which is the, the Catholic private school out there. We don't have any players yet. They're starting to come up that whose dads or moms played sports. Wasn't alumni. At Lakeside, right, right, yeah. So Versailles, who uh, my father-in-law, um, Kevin Sidbeck, had an experience at, at a state championship game where, long story short, uh, a middle school football coach for Versailles two years ago started CPR and resuscitated him as he had a heart attack yeah, at the state that. championship game. Story, yeah. yeah. So um, he's a middle school coach there. He told us, because we went down to state championship games this year, he told us that of like the, the, the 68 kids that were on Versailles' team, the team that beat Kirtland, um, like 44 of them had either one parent had graduated with a from varsity school. letter from Versailles. Yep. So there was that pride and that, like, this is what we do. Right. Hey, you, you have a tradition to carry on here. Yeah. That's passed on from their parents to yeah. their kids. We're just starting to get that. Not to say that Buell and, and Harbor were different, right. right? But, like, there's not that lakeside, right? Yeah. Like, this is the Buell right. way. This is the Harbor way. Right. right? We exactly. still had that dissension a little bit where we're trying to build the lakeside way. Sure. And we're getting there, you know. Um, but the number one thing I had to fix there was, like, so the first thing I did – after we had that, it was the day of that first work I told you about. I had a booster club meeting. So we get in the booster club and there's there's like four or five women that are in that are the booster club president and they're all great people. And I'm like, okay, 
I'm Buzz, Coach Edwards. You know, um, this is what we're going to do. I didn't get in the background. I didn't spend any time wasting. I said, all right, um, this is what we're going to do. Okay, this is the plan. I want to hear from you guys. Why can't anybody be successful here? Right. No one's been successful since Jay Corlew, right. who's at, as an assistant at Geneva now, was there to consolidate the schools. Right. And they they were the biggest school. Like, right? you know, they were division one when they started and they're playing, you know, division four, division right. three teams. Right. So, like, why can't we anybody win here? And that's not just it's not just a football question. Like there's a lot of teams that haven't been successful there in the past. And it goes around the table. And what I hear is like. There's no team. These kids get to do this, but they don't have to do this. These kids don't show up and they get to play. These kids don't show up to anything and and they get they they get to play over my kid who shows up to everything. These kids do this. This kid doesn't like they, this kid gets bad grades, but they still want to play. So this sounds, kid it sounds like there's just zero accountability. There's, there's yeah, and that's not to say what the coaching staff was doing. There was more so like they were accusing coaches of special treatment of other kids. Right. Right. And individualism. Right. right? And certain kids were all do certain things and other kids weren't. Right. So I said, well, this is how we fix it. This is our off season program. It's incentive based. You get uh, the more you show up, the more you get out of the more you show up, the more you get for free. It's going to, you know, kids have to be there. It's pretty much mandatory. Like yeah. you want to lift weights right and being good graces with the coaching staff you want to play you better be here as much as you can right well my kid can't come he's got aau basketball okay i don't care about it well my kid can't come because he plays baseball well my kid can't do this because he can't do this when then so like i just sat there and listened to five parents tell me why (laughs) why we couldn't be successful with a bunch of excuses and why kids were all treated differently and i said well this is what everyone's gonna do They said, no, we can't do that because my kid can't do that. And I'm like, and I said, I said, well, yeah, I'm like, like, so you point to me the problem and I give you the solution and now we're making excuses of why we can't do that. Right. So, you know, getting, getting the, the, that was the biggest thing was to, the, 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 when I got to Lakeside football players, there wasn't many teachers that like kids on the football team. Um, the 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 attitudes the the talking back um you know ashabula is there's some parts out there that are pretty rough we have tough kids i love coaching our kids they're like me and you right like there's a little bit of shit to them right they've been through some stuff i got kids on my team that have been through more as a 17 year old person than i have as a 41 year old right and that's uh, coaching a cardinal like i saw some things so one me and my girlfriend we delivered easter baskets and i Mm -hmm. this is the first time i get to drive around the city like really drive around the city and i'm like just some of the conditions some of these kids are living in, just what they're battling with every day. It's just crazy to me. Right. And, and that's, you see it all the time. Right. Absolutely. Do. Yeah. It's, but like you, those kids still have to, you still have to be accountable. Like just because you go through some things doesn't mean you get to be a jerk to other people. Right. Doesn't mean you get to not follow the rules. Doesn't mean you get to, to uh, skip class or, or, exactly. or, you know what I mean? So understanding that everybody marches the line right. doesn't matter if, if, and I told that in my interview, I said, are you, and that's a, and I, I don't know if it was a good to ask it or not. I said, I looked the superintendent and the, uh, the head principal in the eye and the athletic director. I said, are you going to stand behind me and have my back on social media and everything else? When I tell the best player, he can't play because he didn't get to the standard. Right. 
And of course, everyone's like, yeah, we got your back. Yeah, till till right. And, and I've been fortunate enough to have some some good administrators and some good ADs to back me yeah. that have my back and holding kids accountable to the code of conduct, holding kids accountable to the, the way that we do things. We have a, a EEAT, right? That's our, our kind of our mantra, our culture. We want extraordinary effort, attitude, and toughness um, in everything you do, right? And we try to apply that principle to to because what's extraordinary like ordinary that's easy right. anybody any joe schmo on the street can be ordinary right. right i'm just an average ordinary joe right i want extra like we if you want to get to where we want to get to it's got to be more than what the average Absolutely. person's willing to commit and that's your your effort so try try harder than anybody else have a great attitude be coachable be positive have great body language and be tough be resilient and i think some of that stuff yeah but to circle back answer your question getting rid of the individualism and understanding that this, this is the greatest team game in the world right. and, and kind of the Bill Belichick, uh, uh, you know, everybody's going to march the line, yep. right. It, 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 and everyone's going to have to, and if you do it, right. Then, then you like it, the, the hardest thing is like trying to create a, a exclusive yet inclusive culture. So we right. want everybody to be able to do it. Right. And we want you, we want, like, I, I want 90 kids on the team. Right. I do, but those 90 kids got to get, to this level yep. before they get Absolutely. the reward of getting the opportunity to play and be a part of what we're doing. So Absolutely. Now, over your coaching career, this is what we'll kind of end with before we get to the final finish. Uh, over your coaching career, you've always been involved in the strength and conditioning side of football. Uh, you were the strength and conditioning coach just about everywhere you've been, just about. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, at the two schools you've been to, you've got a brand new weight room, uh, Lakeside and Colonial Heights. Uh, the weight room is definitely a priority of yours. Uh, how important is the weight room for high school athletes? And that's just a general question, not just Lakeside, just for right. high school high school athletes in general. Number one thing it does is it prevents injury, man. And and that the safety aspect of it is 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 number one. You know, neck strength. Like we do we do neck every week. We don't have fancy neck machines. We do manual neck. We do these different neck exercises prevent concussions. Sure. Um, the lifting and and the the single joint exercise we do to prevent you know, non-contact injuries with the lower extremities and the shoulders and the elbows and stuff like that. But what it does for your culture of your school, the confidence of your kids, um, you know, I've seen the weight room change people, young men, including myself, into being short, pudgy, little try-hard kids that would probably never amount to anything to being a pretty damn good football player because they liked working hard and they liked being in the weight room. And I'll be honest, like, the only reason why I was any good at North, I wasn't like, I, I, you know, and I, I wasn't an all-state player or anything. I, you know, I was, I was a, a solid high school offensive lineman for an average football team, but I was extremely strong. I had a 375-pound bench, I squatted 450. Coach Toth used to make us do the 300-pound <laughs> trap bar deadlift. Like, I remember, I, I think I went for, I did it like 61 times, and Nick Dunlap got up there and did it 65, and then we had Stosh get up, he grants who could hold the damn thing longer, right? <laughs> Really, right? But you know, there's the only reason why I was any good. And it became the game became I tried hard. My dad uh who passed away when I was 20 years old. He had said, you know, there's two things he always would say to me: hit and hustle, hit and hustle, whether it was baseball, softball, football, you had to hit people and you had to hustle. Right. That, that's it, because I wasn't gonna beat anybody with talent, right? And I had to and he would say, work hard, do good. 
you know, work hard, do good. So that's, that's kind great of advice two things that, especially come from your dad. That's always good advice because a lot of people growing up now is single home families growing up and just to get those words of encouragement. And that's always a good feeling, especially from your dad. Right. Yeah. And, and those have always stuck with me. So like to, to, to build through the weight room and to watch myself improve as a player. And I've seen a million kids like the Petros kid that, that we had this year, that's going to send a scholarship to go to Mercyhurst. Like, like he is one of the strongest high school football players ever seen. And uh, the game was easy for him this year. Right? Right. You know, he, and obviously he didn't, you know, off at the line, you're not going to win every snap. Right, right. right. But he was, everything he's got is, you know, he, he's a 315 pound power cleaner. You know, he's a, he's a 500 plus squatter. He's a 300 pound bench. He'll be probably bench 400 before he graduates high school. And he's just manhandling kids out him. there. But like what it gives you with your confidence what it does for number one injury prevention confidence. And then the game's easy when like, especially for the guys up front, the game becomes easy when you're stronger and yeah. you can hit people, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know it's, it's all about easy to hit people when you're, when you're the hammer, not the nail. Right. Yeah. As we near the end of the show, uh, coach Edwards, you'll be the fifth coach to sign my coach's wall right behind you. Sweet man. So um, yeah, as coaches, right yeah, wherever you want to over there. Maybe right next to Butch Cano. <laughs> yeah, where's he at? Where's he yeah, at? Is that I think he's real the, big. Like her, I think yeah, he's that big one up there. Yeah, of course he is. I'll go right here. As coaches sign, and I just want to thank all of our listeners and viewers. You guys have been super great. Uh, you can watch or listen on our to our podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Anchor, Spotify, and YouTube. Uh, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, to end the show, I always ask Coach, uh, who is Coach Buzz Edwards? Uh, for the listeners and viewers who might not know who coach who you are, who's coach Buzz Edwards? Who is Buzz Edwards, man? That's a, I've never, <laughs> you know, it's a tough one. Yeah, you never really. Damn, I, I, shucks. I, I don't know. I had a little Virginia come out of shucks. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm, I'm just a, I mean, when it comes down to it, I'm just like a blue collar. Hardworking dude from Eastlake. Ranger. Yeah, I'm pretty down to earth. I've been lucky and blessed to, to have some very strong leaders and men in my life. You know, we're gonna we're gonna do things the right way. Um, you know, I, I pride myself on 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 doing stuff the right way and, and um I love to compete, I love to prepare, and I like I love to win, man. Like, you know, and, and I don't think that that's ever gonna be out of me. I you know. My dad was a welder. My mom worked in the mail room. You know, we were, we, we spent a lot of time at the community center playing basketball yeah. and just competing and, and doing that. And, you know, um, I, it, when it comes down to it, I'm just, a, I'm, but really, and I don't want to sound too sappy. I'm just a dude that cares about kids, you know, and, and their, their development and, and, and them, their success in the future is, is meant, right. If I didn't have, the people that I had in my life as a teenager, my dad and, and Doc Floyd and, and, and Tommy Kaidel's father who just passed away and, and, and coach Toth and coach Tominak and, and, and coach Montgomery and coach Karras and those guys to look up to, you know, especially after my dad passed away, like, I don't know where I'd be, you know, and, and I think, you know, a lot of people think about Lakeside and they see about the, the negative things of being out there, you know, I get to be that for a lot of our kids right. and which a lot of our kids don't get that. And whether it's because they don't have a, a grandfather or father or even, even a, a mother or a strong 
figure in their life. So I get the opportunity to do that for our kids every single day. And uh, it means a lot to me. Like, I, I don't take myself too seriously. You know, I like to goof around and have a good time and stuff. But I do, I'm passionate about being a football coach and being being a a, 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 a figure in these kids' life. And, and you know, that, that's it, man. No, that's a great answer. Uh, well, Coach, I thank you again for being Thanks, here. Thanks, man. I appreciate, appreciate it. It was time. fun. Uh, Tune in uh, next week as I sit down with Hall of Fame coach and former Menor head football coach, Steve Trevisano. I'm excited to get in, get in with a Hall of Fame coach. And uh, thanks again to our listeners, and we'll see you next week. Welcome to The Coach's Approach, a podcast where we sit down with high school coaches and get the cold, hard facts about the high school coaching world. This is The Coach's Approach, where we talk X's and O's. Follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And subscribe to our YouTube channel. This is The Coach's Approach, where we talk the X's and O's. Win the day or dominate the day. The choice is yours.